Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Going to dive in today in the subject of the conscience, and I'm going to start off very basic and talk about what is the conscience, uh, where did it come from, and what's its purpose. And um, we'll probably do this in a few parts, uh, handling this subject. But I want to start off, and this will be kind of our, our base subject for the whole um, the whole study that we do here. That is First uh, John chapter three, verse twenty one, and it says, "Beloved." If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. That's really the purpose of our conscience is uh, the goal is to have a clean conscience. We see we see a, a, a lot of different titles of uh, the state of a person's conscience, a clean conscience, a good conscience, a seared conscience, a defiled conscience, even I believe in a dead conscience. Um but uh, what it does is when you have a clear conscience, you have confidence towards God. I was reading, reading today in, in um, the book of Psalm uh, uh, 37, I believe, and it said, trust, and I was reading the Amplified, it said, trust in the Lord, and it said, lean on, rely on, and be confident in. God wants us, faith is our confidence in Him, but God also wants us confident, it sounds odd to say it, but confident in ourselves Really, it's confident in our approach towards him because for many people, they know God's a healer, but then they're not confident that they can access what he has for them. So they don't feel like they qualify. So the purpose of a clear conscience is to have confidence towards God. So I'm going to read that again. First John 3.21, it says, Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. So what is the conscience? Our conscience is a, a faculty that God has given to every man. It's not a supernatural thing. It's a, it's a human faculty. It's, it's put into every single person, whether they're Christian or not Christian. It's, a, it's a, really a, a moral code. It's a voice on the inside that speaks to you concerning right or wrong. And I believe the way God has designed it at first is that when someone's born, their conscience will reflect the laws and standards of God. Let's read in Romans Uh, chapter 2, and it says here, verse 12, it says, For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Verse 14, For when Gentiles who do not have the law, so these are the nations that are outside of the Jews, people who've never known the law of God, right? They weren't subject to the Ten Commandments. It says, for in the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law. These, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. So God made it where when when he made man, there's a law that he put on the inside of people. And the conscience is the part that communicates that to us. The conscience is the little voice that speaks to every person about right or wrong. And so if you wonder why across nations, across tribes, across uh, lands, there's a common there's a common understanding of right and wrong, and obviously that can be changed by culture and culture that really the devil ch- tries to change that. A conscience can be constantly informed or misinformed, but I believe God, when he the the testimony of a conscience is that God put a law on the inside of every person. So people, when they're born, they know that murder is wrong. They know that certain things are wrong. They know that cheating on their spouse is wrong. Like there's something on the inside that knows that taking something that's not yours is wrong. And you don't have to be 
you know, have grown up in church to know that that's the conscience that convicts. And then it says, verse 15, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience all also bearing witness and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but people often ask, well, how will it work? Because not everyone's heard about Jesus, people who lived in remote villages and lived their whole life and died. How, how will they be judged? Because they didn't have an opportunity to receive Jesus. And I believe the Bible says there's going to be the standard of, of how God judges people according to, it says, judged by Jesus Christ, the standard of Jesus Christ, by the person Jesus Christ, and then also by how they related to the law of God that was in their hearts. It says here clearly, it says that no one will have an excuse because there's a law of God that's been put in their hearts. That's what the conscience is. It's the it's the inner voice that's going to tell you yes or no. It's going to tell you stop or go. It's going to give you a red light or a green light as far as morality goes. The thing to know about the conscience is the conscience can be informed or misinformed. So even though I believe God created everyone's conscience to be perfect, over time, people through their culture, through the way they're taught, their conscience is shaped by their belief system. And so the human conscience is is really the highest court in the land, if you will. I think it's interesting that Paul, in quite a number of places, appeals to his conscience. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I'll read you this scripture here, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, he does this also in the book of Acts, uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, verse 12, he says, this is our rejoicing. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conduct ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God. And so the interesting part with that is people had come in uh, in the name of Peter and had said, you know, what Paul's teaching you is not the truth and Paul's a bad person and, you know, done all these accusations against Paul. So when he was writing the letter to the uh, the Corinthian church, this, this next letter, it was because um, it was really in defense of himself. And he doesn't say, hey, I'll, I'll give you le- letters of recommendation. I have a bunch of people that could speak for me. He just uh, he just says, I have a cl- I rejoice because my conscience is clean. He did the same thing when he was before the court in, in Acts 26. Brethren, I stand before you having a clean conscience towards men and towards God. Acts 24, I've, I stand before you having a clean conscience toward God. I've lived my whole life in a clean conscience towards God. Con- a clean conscience awards you confidence in your approach to God. And so that's what we're going to get into just on the uh, just the overall subject today, and then we'll do more in the podcast to come. But I also want to read to you from John chapter 8, because what a conscience is there to do is to tell you yes or no. It's to convict or, or, or give you confidence. So this is vital for us as believers, and uh, I think it's such a great thing to get an understanding of, because your conscience, you have to really just ask yourself this, am I confident towards God? What is my conscience saying about me? And some people, they'll say, well, my conscience is saying that I'm distracted. I've, I've, I know the things I'm supposed to do, and I've not been doing them. And so I don't have the confidence I'd like to have before God. And so then the, you need to get quiet enough to listen to that and not override your, con- your conscience. That's our responsibility as believers. But John chapter 8 is a great story here. It says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, verse 1. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had sat her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that he might have something of which to be accused. 
But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground in his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers, are the accusers of yours? Who has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You know, so here we see that people's conscience, because of the words that Jesus spoke, you know, they were ready to kill her. They were ready to have her stoned. They were ready to kill this lady. That day, they had murder in their hearts because she had offended the law of God. And one sentence from Jesus, he just said, okay, go ahead. But you, who don't have any sin before God, you go ahead and cast the first stone. And then people, when that voice hit them, their conscience spoke to them and said, hey, you can't, you can't pick up that stone. And the next person, you can't pick up that stone because their conscience condemned them. And so the conscience is there on the inside to tell us right from wrong. The conscience is who you actually are, not what others think about you. Conscience really is like what God has given us where conscience is like pain. Pain is a good thing. Pain, obviously no one wants to feel pain, but pain is the warning system for your body. Pain lets you know something is wrong. The reason why pain is important, if you put your hand on a hot stove and you feel pain, the only way you know to stop touching that is because you feel pain. If you don't feel pain, you know, I've, I've talked to people who've had uh, problems where they're, they're, they don't have the feeling of pain in their body, and then they've, they don't feel anything. Actually, recently I had someone um, who, uh, who came to healing school because of this, and they didn't feel pain in their body, which you think that's got to be great. But they don't, they don't feel anything. So they've been in hot water and scalded their skin, and they don't, and they don't feel that it's warm. And so people, you get yourself in trouble. Pain is the warning system that God has put on the, in the body. Oh, my stomach's hurting. Oh, my back's hurting. Well, let's go check it out, right? So you, you know something's wrong. Just like that, the conscience is the thing that lets you know something's wrong in your spirit. Something wrong is wrong in your relationship towards God, your relationship towards the lawgiver. It's the law on the inside. It's the warning system that lets you know something's off. The thing about the thing about the conscience is it can be informed and it can be misinformed. I heard a story, and this is a great uh, analogy or story to represent the conscience, but I heard a story about this airplane that crashed. It was in the Andes Mountains or somewhere in South America, South American Airline, and crashed, everyone dead into the mountains. Um, they find the they recover the black box, uh, which has the the recording in the cockpit, and they um they play it back. And the last minute or so, this is what they hear. All of a sudden, the warning system went off, and this voice comes through in English. Pull up, pull up, warning, warning, pull up now, pull up now, pull up now. And then you hear the voice of the pilot who says, shut up, gringo, and flips the switch to turn the warning system off. And then within a few seconds, the plane had hit the side of the mountain and crashed. And that's really like what the conscience is. The conscience is the warning system that's saying, stop, stop, don't go there, don't go there, stop moving forward. Hey, this is not right. You know you shouldn't be doing this. You know you can't partake in that. You know that you can't touch that drink. You know that you can't do this. And it's the conscience system that's on the inside of us that God's given us as as our guidance system through this life. It's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's your, it's your conscience, which can be renewed. We'll talk about that in a later podcast. But it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's a human faculty of your human spirit that basically is telling you yes, uh, telling you right from wrong. 
And then I'm also going to read um, in uh, John chapter, let me find it here, John chapter um, 8, uh, I'll, I'll read John chapter 8 in Romans. But, but God gave us this so that we can, so that we can adjust to his law. And it's, a, it's, a, it's the law built into our hearts. It's the capacity God gives to every man, the knowledge of right and wrong. It's, but your conscience has to be in, informed and it responds to your highest system of morality. So what does that mean? So if someone grew up Muslim, they, they were born, I believe, with a clear conscience that responds to the law of God. But then when they're taught the way they're taught, their conscience will adjust to what they feel is right to their belief system. So there's people who... At that point, the conscience is like a skylight. It doesn't have a light of its own. It's like a, a, a window in the roof, and it's letting in the light from above. So there's people who've pushed past their conscience. And like culture, culture tells people nowadays, hey, you shouldn't feel guilty about anything. You know, you need to have high self-esteem. Don't feel guilty. And so where God put this on the inside, where if you, if you push through and you sin, you're going to feel shame. You're going to feel disgust towards yourself. You're going to feel regret. You're going to feel remorse. And then culture says, hey, you should never feel guilty about anything. Do whatever you want. It's fine. You know, that's the whatever. That's You need to get rid of that thinking. You just need to be happy in your skin and do whatever you want to do and be happy. And that's the most important thing. And so people have pushed past their conscience. And then their conscience becomes seared. And then they look at people who don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't gamble. And they say, what's wrong with you? Because they've pushed past and they've reached the point of a seared conscience. So there's people who come out of... Uh, religious sects, let's just say, or, or denominations where, you know, there's denominations where they teach that you have to wear, uh, women have to wear dress down to their ankles. And they take a scripture out of, I believe it's First Peter that says it's not about the adorning of clothing or the, the, the makeup or, or, or wearing of gold or jewelry, but of the uh, inward heart, you know, that's great towards God, a, a gentle and quiet spirit. And that scripture, and so they take that and they say, okay, no jewelry, no makeup, dresses down to your ankles. But if you take the, if you take, if you take that scripture and you say, okay, well, according to this, I, this means don't wear jewelry. Well, then you would also have to say that this means don't wear clothes because it says it's not about the adorning of clothes. So if you're going to take the same, the same uh, reasoning for that, for not wearing jewelry from that scripture, you're going to have to not wear clothes either, which please don't take that literally. It's talking about that's not what God looks at as important. It's not saying don't do it. But there's some people who come out of those denominations. And then because of that upbringing, they get saved. But their conscience is weak. The Bible talks about a weak conscience. And so they they look and for them, it's a sin. This is key. Please listen to me. I'm going to wrap up here. But this is a, it for them, it, the, towards their relationship towards God, if they put on makeup, then that's a sin to them. So what must they do? Well, first of all, they have to reinform their conscience, but don't violate your conscience. Here are the two things I want to leave you with. Two instructions. So we know what a conscience does. We know what a conscience is. The important thing is that number one is you always listen to your conscience. You always pay attention to your conscience and you value your conscience because it's given by God. And I know there are people who have a misinformed conscience. Like if a if a Jew gets born again and comes into the new covenant and receives Jesus as Lord and Savior, they're going to have things from their upbringing that are just not okay. Eating shrimp is going to not be okay. Eating bacon is going to not be okay. But in the new covenant, obviously it's okay. It's not the healthiest thing, but it's not a sin. 
But for them, if they get saved, until they until they can see clearly in the Word and have a confidence towards God that eating the shrimp's not going to take me out of the will of God, if their conscience still convicts them, it's sin to override the conscience. The Bible says to override your conscience is sin. I'm going to read you um, uh, Romans 14, verse 23. It says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is from sin. So there may be people, this is where the conflict comes, is there are people whose conscience is either seared in some cases and they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, or they have a grown-up conscience, which is like it's not a baby conscience, it's not a weak conscience, it's a strong conscience that doesn't bug them to whatever, you know, whatever the example is, right? I had a lady who got upset at me because I put my Bible on the floor and she said, your Bible should never touch the floor. So for her, in her relationship with God, one of the things that mattered to her is that the Bible didn't touch the floor. Well, I don't, (laughs) it's a book, it's got a cover. I'm not keeping it on my lap. I, I put it on the floor. She insisted that it had to be something underneath it. So there's people who have these things in their consciences, but if that's what's in your conscience, obey it until you can grow your conscience up. Do not go by another person's conscience. You have to go by what convicts you. You have to listen. So I want to end with this and I want to ask you this question. What is your conscience saying to you today? What is it that's taking confidence away from you towards in your relationship with God? Make the adjustments today. God has given it to you. The Bible says many people who have uh, who've abandoned their conscience, ignored their conscience, and made shipwreck of their faith. It's vital that you value your conscience, you inform it properly through the Word of God, and that you obey and listen to the voice of your conscience, whatever it's saying to you. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you on the next podcast.